three, two, one. Heidi ho welcome to the Friday edition. Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> Friday time. Of the Dennis and Andy show, where we are here to entertain you, thrill you, rock your world. We're going to talk about WandaVision. Today's episode was mind-blowing. We're going to talk about Greece. Should it be canceled? No, not the stuff in your kitchen sink. The movie. And a couple other things. I'm Andy. That's Dennis. How's it going, Dennis? Pretty good. Pretty good. Had a few technical glitches here, so I had to, had to get that stuff straightened out because I can't ruin Friday night uh, discussion time here, especially with an awesome issue of episode of WandaVision. I know. First and foremost, uh, Dennis, I don't know if you knew this or not, but there's a high school in Wanachee, Washington, that uh, the kids are back in school. Well, good. Long time. Right. And I've got a picture from their band class. And I actually, I took band in elementary school, not high school. But look at this. Back in school in band class. Mm, they are practicing. <laughs> no, no way. They're no way. <laughs> I mean, remember when it was, remember when it was social distance or wear a mask? And now it's do both. I mean, not only, I mean, you can tell that the person blowing that saxophone is easily six feet away from the person behind them blowing a saxophone. I mean, they all look like they're spread out pretty good. It was social distance or wear a mask. Oh, now it should be social distance or wear a mask or Carry get a vaccine. Now right. it's literally, we're going to put you in a freaking bubble. Oh, dear God. I would, I would hate to see the guy who's playing the xylophone or the piano. What about are they the, doing with that guy? How about the tuba? Would love to see a tuba. Your wish is granted. <laughs> no way. Okay, oh, yeah. number eight, you make my picture of the day. Yep. So that is, uh, that is just stupid, man. I tell you, just Freaking stupid. Wow. It is insane. And the fact that people actually think it's a good idea and that this is necessary. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. You know, if I, if I wrote a novel about this stuff like 10 years ago, they would have laughed at me and said, dude, you've been reading too much 1984. Uh, this stuff will never happen. We're living it. I mean, my grandkids one day, they're going to slap me in the face as when they're, they're going to go, Grandpa, 
the hell was wrong with you? The hell's wrong with you people and go, hey, don't say, hey, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And in other news, real quick, uh, I see that the new administration dropped a bomb or so on Syria. And yep. the only thing that that is weird to me is there's no there's no uh, heads exploding over it about, oh, my God, they're going to retaliate now. He's going to get us into this war. Wah, wah, wah. Because that's what happened a couple years back when the previous administration did it. It was all the heads exploding. But now it's just like, no, it's all good. So you saw them rolling up troops in day one. They crossed the border. And I was like, wow, that didn't take very long at all. And the news media will be silent on this one. Yeah, it's well, it's a positive thing now, Dennis. It's I, I you just can't make the stuff up. It's a positive thing. And uh, kids aren't in cages anymore. Now they're in boxes, I guess. <laughs> Which is totally better. Even they're, though technically they're the same ones. They're they're in boxes with little windows and AC units. So that's nice. So no yeah, head explode. When, when Ducey asked the question in the morning briefing and couldn't really answer it. Oh, no, it's totally different. But they're yeah. the same ones. Yeah, but it's totally different. No, no, it's different. Why is it different? Because we're doing it. Right. And we'll, right. we care. We, we make sure to go in and give them a juice box every day. That's the difference. So we ask ourselves, what do we do to get away from the daily grind of madness that makes no sense? And then we say to ourselves, self, it is indeed Friday. What comes out Friday? WandaVision. WandaVision. Episode eight landed, and I got a chance to watch it a little while ago. And did I did we had some expectations going in last week? We, if you watched our episode, we talked about it. There's going to be a ton of spoilers because I'm sorry, it's just going to be so. If if you really want to discuss WandaVision and you haven't seen it, turn it off and watch us afterwards. After you watch. Hey, this is why we do the show at four in the afternoon. Gives people plenty of time to try and watch it. Yeah, yeah I needed it today. So we got some screen caps, of course. This is the first one. I loved how the show started off with uh, Agatha's basic origin. You know, Salem and all that stuff. And, and well, they tie her up. The cool thing was... The, and. I think there, this is going to be a different origin from the comic books. I don't even know what her origin in the comics is. Her comic books date way before. So in the show, it was Salem uh, 1693, which was interesting right. because in reality, in our world, the Salem witch trials were indeed 16, I think it was like 1692, 1693. So they're placing it in real time in terms of our actual historical accuracy. In the comic books, we talked about it last week. It was like it predates like 11,000 BC or 1100 BC. It, I mean, she's really, really, really old. And uh, ahoy. Wow. Hey, what's hey, what about? Glad you joined oh. us. We're talking a little Wanda. 
Yeah, so that I was mean, awesome that they're doing the Salem witch trials, and she was actually a witch. So she's now the oldest person in the but, MCU. But this is what cracked me up. She's got the bluish type energy and stuff, and they're like, "Are you a witch?" I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I, I liked it. I thought it was awesome. Uh, her mom when she when she dropped the mom, and you're like, "Oh, damn! Her mom's doing it to her." And she's just basically soaking up the power. And like this shot that we're showing here of the mother, I just, I, I still think, and I could be wrong, something about the, the energy headdress just, God, it, it reminds me of something. I mean, it, needless to say, it does have a Scarlet Witch vibe to it. But it just reminds me of something that's already in comics, but maybe not. I could be 100% wrong. So what I'll say is they've got a coven. So the coven is the one that's basically putting her up for trial because she's been dabbling in the dark arts, and that, that's a no-no. We typically, witches can be good or bad, but the dark energy is something totally different. And you find out that just like in regular witchcraft, you know, in from, from different sources, Marvel's treating it the same way. Right. They put her on trial instead of burning her at the stake, which is what actually happened in the comics when she was in New Salem when they killed her in the comic books. She's in Salem. They actually use their energy, and it's blue. So blue yeah. magic, so you're starting to understand that blue energy like that are witches. And we start finding out now that magic in the Marvel universe looks like it's going to be color coordinated now. Yep. Yep. Because Agatha present day is purple. And then Wanda is red. So um, so we go from here, and we won't spoil everything. So we go from this scene back to the back to where the episode left off last week in the basement. And you know, Agatha, uh, Wanda can't use her powers in the basement because of uh, uh, what did what did uh, Agatha call it? They're runes. Those, those well, are, I are she, I, yeah. There's runes in the basement, but I thought I don't know magic runes in the basement that won't let her use her power. But the whole gist of the episode is Agatha wants to know how Wanda basically got to the point that she's at with you know Westville and everything which was cool because she wants to know it we want to know it but the one thing that we still don't know which I guess we'll find out next week is Agatha's connection in the first place because we still don't know that well they kind of talk about it so let's just back up a little bit and I'll ask did you watch the episode from the very beginning in the intro where they have the Marvel intro yeah did you notice the color change in the Marvel intro? No. Yeah, so you know how it's the red Marvel logo and it says Marvel Studios and it's in the widescreen? Yeah. And then as it changed, it changed into Agatha's purple. Oh. Yeah. All right. So um, the – We'll need to go into this a little bit because the, the, the types of magic will be important. Let's flip to the next slide where she's getting. So the witches 
are are basically crucifying her. They're, they're in this is their version of burning her at the stake. All of a sudden, her abilities kick up, and it's because of the dark magic, and it's all blue energy that's being put into her. She right. absorbs it, turns purple. Purple now, and in, in they're, they're hinting at the fact that anything to deal with the dark dimension, so this now goes into Doctor Strange's movie, is now going to be purple. So we now know that she admitted she was, that the dark energies were being bent to her will, to her magic. So it's becoming purple. All right. The thing I noticed too, this isn't, a, this isn't, this is more of an effects thing, but I want to get your opinion. Does it look like in this shot and in the whole scene when this took place that they, they worked their computer magic and de-aged the actress some to make her look younger? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely thought they, they, they altered they they photoshopped her. <laughs> well, yeah, I think they I think they took Catherine Hahn and made her look younger, which I don't have a problem with because you know it's four hundred years ago. Right. What's right. up, Agent Co? Thank you for joining us. All right. Uh, I think they did. Which once again, I don't they have did. a problem with. It. I I think it's little touches like that that are really cool. Right. And now you'll notice. So we've got Wanda's is red. And we'll get to that in a little bit, not just because she's the it's Wanda. Um, so Agatha's is dark dimension, so her energy's purple. Witches are blue, and they they now talk about in the episode that witches are special because they can see into the future and in past. So they basically can see through time, um, and it kind of reminds me of. Uh, because they, they've talked about this in a couple of the movies. In Ragnarok. Yes, it was. Yep, it was. In Ragnarok, um, Loki says that he can't see into the future because he's not a witch. Ah, oh, no. That was Loki. And that was in the Ragnarok one. Agent Cub, um, uh, sorry, buddy, but that's all we do is talk about. We've seen every episode and we talk about it in depth. Uh, I love people watching our stream, but if you don't want spoilers, uh, come back after you've seen it. <laughs> come back after you've seen it. Unfortunately, we're, we're gonna we're gonna delve into some theories and stuff like that. What At least for this part, we we we've got a comic book reviews, couple of them coming how could up. You but... not get past, how could De not you, Dennis? This Dennis, how did you not get past episode one? You didn't like it. Come on, it was it gets okay. I agree because the backtrack. I said that I thought episode one, two, and three could have been squashed down to either two episodes or an hour long episode because I wasn't thrilled with the first three just being sitcom type stuff with just little tidbits of real world. But get past those and move on. And uh, you'll feel better about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Once you get past, it turns out it has real implications to the MCU, which we didn't know at the time if it would, but it really does. Oh yeah, they. Oh my God, excuse me. They wrap all that, all that stuff in episode one, two, and three is explained in this episode. We'll, we'll, so we'll kind of leave it at that. What they're doing is they're treating WandaVision. Really, Doctor Strange was the first foray into magic 
how is the properties of magic going to be set up in the Marvel universe? Because everything else is either mutant abilities or superhero powers. So this show is setting the tone of how the Marvel magic is going to work in the greater, you know, universe. Um, right. It's it's good. It, it's good. They're they're doing a good job. They're putting it together. So like I said, they're they're separating magic out into different types. Blue are witches. Purple is dark dimension. Doctor Strange, and you remember in like civil in, in end games and stuff, they when the, all of them came through the oh, portal, yeah. they're all orange. So your traditional sorcerers and stuff use orange energy. Chaos is going to be red. And then if you remember, whenever they've had uh, time, the ability like the time stones and time magic, that's always in green. So they're setting up Marvel. You're going to be able to tell what type of energy it looks like they're using based on the color of the special effects. So that's right. that's pretty interesting. Oops. We'll leave that one. I forgot there was only one more. Um, in fact, we can just go back to uh, full real quick while we talk about it. Let's see here. Yeah, but as you said, it gets better after the third. It does. It totally does. You got to stick with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically this episode uh, just focused on Agatha and Wanda and Agatha kind of opens up doorways to take her from childhood, you know, Wanda and Pietro with their parents all the way up to where the show begins. So you can see the steps that, uh, you know, kind of form Wanda, you know, her, her, her sensibilities and stuff. And, and you see stuff with, you know, the Tesseract, and you see stuff with um, what was the name of the the uh, the gem that Vision that's had. the Mind Stone that was in the, the Mind Stone. Yep, you see stuff with the Mind Stone and Wanda. Um, and there was one nice swerve because if you remember back a few episodes, they the video they showed was Wanda coming in and stealing Vision's body, and she didn't do that at all. No, this this was the big reveal. We've been wanting to know about that, and and she did not. So we now know that Hayward is set you know, up to be a bad Remember, he said he was direct um, acting director when he met Monica. That is not true. He's full director. He lied about that, and he lied about her coming in and taking his body. He's a bad guy. Now is he just a a, a butthole? That that is just doing some bad stuff on his own. Is he a scroll? Is he a Hydra agent? We don't know. There, there's not enough info on there, but we do know he's a bad dude now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, this just bugs me. I gotta be over my body. There we go. See, hold on. Now I match. <laughs> you do. Anyhow, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely has an agenda, and as of now, it just looks like he's trying to set up, uh, set up Wanda to be like a, a bad guy. I know, I love this dude. He jumped into the future to see the last episode next week as well. That's because Agent Cub's a witch, and he can see the future. That's right. Um, so at the end, you know, we're, we're going to give away a big. Uh, this was the mid-credit scene because, like I said. 
we find out in the episode that Wanda did not steal Vision's body. Uh, she just when she when she she drove to Westville after seeing him being taken apart at Sword headquarters, and she went to this house. Yeah, actually, he's right. He's a warlock because he's a dude. Way to misgender Agent Cub, Dennis. Yeah, I'm all all about equalness. (laughs) So anyhow, she drives to this house and she sees this note, I guess, from Vision. That's weird, too. I thought that note was weird because it's like, where'd that come from? It just appeared on the thing. So was it there from Vision or did Agnes plant that? Right. And so anyhow, she creates with her immense power of Westville and takes over the actual residence and everything. And in doing so creates a whole new vision. So then the mid credit scene and why John Burns not getting credit for this. I don't know, but here's the big spoiler. Boom. Sword is able to, they, they put vision back together. And using, now correct me if I'm wrong, Dennis, using, I guess you would call it like leftover Scarlet Witch or Wanda magic? So, yeah, what they did was they tried powering him. And if you look at his head on there, it looks like a mini Tony Stark arc reactor like he's got in his chest. And even with that, they weren't able to power it up. Um, they used the drone that they sent in, and when she right. came out and threw the do- drone down, it was still it still is encapsulated within her chaos uh, uh, magic. Right. They were able to siphon off the chaos magic in order to power up, but and I'll call it West Coast Avengers John Burns vision. Yeah, it, it John Byrne. I don't know why there's no like in the TV show. I haven't seen after any of the credits that that I know of. I don't think I've seen anything that says like, you know, special thanks to. And there should be a special thanks to Burn for this. Because, I mean, this is totally out of West Coast Avengers from when Burn was doing it. And even the scene with the vision laid out on the table in pieces. Burn did that. And then he comes back. And when he's when he's fully back in, in the comic, He's all white, just like this. Right. So, you know. When she, and when she's creating the 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 town that they're in and, and basically redoing the entire town, it's a really cool special effects scene because you see her red chaos magic exploding out of her, her hands, oh, yeah. her chest, and it's doing it. But when she creates vision out of nothingness, She's still going red, but it turns yellow yellow. because it's the mind stone. So here's where my thought is. He gets created with the power of the mind stone, which she absorbed some when she was in the base, um, when her and Pietro were captured, they were working with Hydra. Right. And which, which I I think it was Stucker. So, um, that gives me hope that Vision, because he's now been powered by, created by the Mind Stone, maybe in the all is said and done, Vision be, winds up living again 
because of that energy and the vision. So they don't say saying, anything about it, saying, but they imply it. But you, so what you're saying is maybe in the end, the vision inside Westville, Westville that Ronnie created in this one merge. Now, well, I don't know about merge or does it, maybe, maybe that's what winds up happening. That is, that is the one thing. Well, that's the one thing we don't know with this one. And we'll find out in the season finale is what type of personality does this thing have? Okay. Well, you know what I'm saying? Because all they did was power it up, wake it up. Well, we don't know well if you remember John Byrne's vision when he first came on from the comics, he didn't have a personality. Right. He didn't know he anything. He's a synthesoid, and I've got a feeling that's what he's going to be like. Right. Because in the comic, because I actually flipped through it, I got to trade paperback this afternoon. In the comic, you know, she was so happy to see him, but he was basically like, Who are you? Yep. That's nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So one of my thoughts, by the way, we've been talking about, is there another big bad behind it all? And if it's Mephisto or Nightmare and every week, we still have that kind of, that, that discussion. Now, this what week. What is this? What okay. Is so that one, go to the top. So they talk about the Dick Van Dyke show, specifically season two, episode 21. And it's titled, It May Not Look Like a Walnut. And it's very, they're, they're very specific in the episode. That top one there is episode 21 from season two. It is not the same title. So did Marvel intentionally just change the title to whatever they wanted? Or is there going to be some hidden meaning in here? I just wanted to show everybody. I did a little bit of homework as soon as I watched it. That is not the title of episode, of episode 21, season two. All right, so let's hear some of your... Uh, some so of your some thoughts. of my theories are, so in the comic books, she gets her power um, basically, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's like uh, Chithan? Chithan? Chithan, I guess. Chithan, because he winds up uh, giving uh, the Scarlet Witch, you know, her abilities and stuff like that. And he is in the Marvel comics. He's the God of chaos. So he's the one that first as when the girl was to be born, touches her and imbues her with chaos abilities, which they're kind of hinting is maybe what happened in here. So that'll be interesting to find out if the God of chaos uh, makes any kind of appearance in here. So that's pretty interesting because then that that this ties in kind of with Mephisto. So remember we were talking if it was Mephisto or not. Mephisto, remember I, I kept talking about, I mentioned the fly. And right. how every episode for the last couple, that fly has been there. All right? Yeah. So the fly keeps showing up. Mephisto's first appearance in Marvel Comics um, in The Silver Surfer was as a fly. Now, he did make technically a first appearance. I had to check this up. In, Bar in Bible Tales uh, for Young Folk, number one, in August of 1953, Mephisto was named, but he's in the appearance of a serpent. 
But in the modern Marvel, the Silver Age, where he comes through as Mephisto, he first applies in the form of a fly. And that fly keeps showing up either on the wall or a bunch of it. Dude, of course we're a bunch of nerds. We love comics. I draw comics for a living. Dennis is a comic appraiser. We love comics. Of course we're nerds. We are nerds. Of- but that's why but but this is why we love having the these type of uh of discussions. I, I'm just um, really on the fence with an with basically 45 minute episode left. If that's all they're going to do, packing Mephisto in there. I just, I still don't think it's going to happen. But we'll see. Well, we'll find out if it's a longer episode. We thought this one might be. It's not. Because Mephisto in the comics, remember, it was Mephisto's soul that was caused to the Scarlet Witch, which gave birth to her sons, Tommy and Billy. Right. Later on, he reabsorbed them and it really ended their entire existence. And then, remember, Wanda went back and reanimated... Uh, Agatha Harkness um, when she cast a spell and then Agatha made her forget her children but later they wound up being reborn as Speed and Wiccan and I think that was in like Young Avengers like 11-ish if I remember right so again this is all dealing in with with the history of Mephisto even though it hasn't been touched officially in there it still holds water in my view well, the biggest thing from the episode I loved is Agatha called her the Scarlet Witch. And yep. my daughter and I were like, yes, yes. But they're saying the Scarlet Witch was supposed to be a myth. It's not supposed to exist, and which is an awesome reveal. So that, that says a lot going forward. Well, the other thing that my daughter really liked is uh, – in that last scene too, Agatha's outfit that she was wearing. Yeah. You know, the real uh, gypsy looking. Cause I said, yeah. that kind of reminds me slightly of comic stuff. Yeah. Comic book. So she loved that too. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and the fun one, they, they named, they talked about Pietro, <laughs> but oh, she, called yeah, they, she called him Pietro. <laughs> Right. But the cool thing I thought they did was they they justified uh, the actor change because Agatha said, I couldn't exactly bring back your real brother because, you know, right. he's dead, buried and with in another holes country. In <laughs> with, uh, yeah, and, with holes in him and in another country. And I thought that was awesome a great way to explain it so, so but but it still doesn't answer is is evans evan peters is he the x-men universe that he was brought through or did she create him out of nothingness i think she just created him that that seems to be the logical theory right now that our our hopes that it was the x-men tie-in might not be there yeah, I think I think she just created them, and instead of casting somebody else, yeah, um, for the just created Pietro, it was hey, let's let's have Evan do it because it'll be a nice little thing, you know. You know, one of the other nice touches that they did when they were down in Agatha's basement. So 
you saw her, she pointed to some stuff on the wall. The one of them looked like Magneto's helmet. I'm going to go back and rewatch it, but it mm. looked purplish, but it looked like the outline of Magneto's helmet with the M and everything like that. But then some weird stuff that you could see that was pretty blatant. They had some in the pillars. They had like, uh, there were devil heads that you saw that was on there. They had ram heads. So those are all satanic type of symbols. So they're setting it up that, again, Agatha isn't just a witch. She is dealing with the satanic powers, which, again, could have something to do with Mephisto or something bigger or not. We don't know. Right. Yep. So uh, uh, let's see. So we rate it, right? We do our rating. Yeah. I'll give it a nine five. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, this is this was a fantastic episode. It is definitely near mint worthy. It's a nine six all the way. Um, yep, no question about it. I can't wait for the finale, and I hope I'm not let down. Me too. All right, moving on. We got we we got a couple comics to review uh, that we said we would. So back to the screen share. Boom, the first one, you can't see the full cover, so I believe that's Deep Beyond, right? Yep. So this is the first one Dennis got, said we, we're going to review it, so he read it, let me borrow it, I read it. Both, both comics are Image Comics this week. Um, they both yes. were pretty interesting, and they were both number one, so we wanted to see if they were any good. Take it away with Deep Beyond. Deep Beyond, uh, the stories by uh, Mirko uh, Andolfo and David Goy. Um, uh, the first issue establishes, again, we've got a lot of just dystopian comic books coming out, but it really establishes a dystopian apocalyptic world where humanity struggles to survive on a barely uh, inhabitable planet. Well, it takes um, place in the year 2085. Because yes, 85, 85 years previous, so for those math guys, in the year 2000, that's when the shit hit the fan, apparently. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it's a very much, in my mind, an homage classic sci-fi story is what it feels like. Yeah. Very much like The Abyss, if anybody, if you guys watch The Abyss. Yeah, um, it's kind of like that. Something happened, the world's now a collection of enclosed like little colonies um, around the planet because most of the planet's surface was wiped out by a mysterious event that pretty much left it in shatters. There's harmful toxins, so everybody has to wear masks from the poisonous wilds outside of the settlement. Of course, it feels like us right now wearing masks, but apparently it's even worse in 2085. Um, but they discover a secret anomaly that lies deep within the ocean depths and that's me. what hold the answers to the current state of things. Um, and we know that scientists and farmers and the such, they're very rare. Um, yeah. And so, again, I don't know if it's because there's no education. They don't really go into detail. But its story starts off around Pam, who is a scientist. She's kind of the heart of the story. And it's her submarine that goes uh, missing during an expedition to uncover what this abnormality is on the uh, ocean depths. Um, 
something's going on with her. We see um, the vessel goes down and she's able to send out a dire message. You find, oh, I don't want to give away that spoiler. I was going yeah. to spoil something in it, but I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spoil stuff because, you know, when we give these reviews, we want you guys to, if we give them, a th I mean, we want you guys to take away from it if we like it or not. If we don't, make your own opinion and go yeah. out and read it. Um, oh, hello. The art, look, the art is good. Real quick, hold on. Hey, Vincent, thanks for joining. The art is actually by, because uh, I'm the art guy, the art's by Andrea Bracardo. Probably screwed that up. No, I think you um, got it right. I, I'm not that familiar with Andrea, but I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I think the art's nice. It's 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 a clean, simple style. The coloring by Barbara Nocenzo is really nice. It complements the art really well. Uh, the story moved along, you know, pretty good. It didn't drag. Uh, it was nice setup. You got a nice introduction to the characters. Uh, I thought there was just enough character development for first issue to, to leave you wanting more. So you want to come back for issue two and it had a good cliffhanger ending. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you get introduced to Pam and then, because of that, you find out, you know, Paul and then Pam's ex are all involved, and that brings them into it. He's yeah. the caring kind of wimpy scientist, and um, and she's the one who's you you know there's this shadow, this organization, an unknown, nobody knows what it is yeah. uh, yet, and well, she's kind of a higher up in there, but she's deciding I'm going to go with the company protocol. He will think that they can save her. So they're on two opposite sides, which creates, you know, a little bit of headbutting in it. Um, the story is good and the character fleshing out the development is solid. Um, the artistic style in my mind fit this type of storytelling very well. Yeah, um, I think it fits. Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a solid book all the way through. So uh, real quick tangent, South Florida, a little bit hot today. It is a little cool up here today, Vincent. We're in North Carolina. It's about 50 degrees and it's raining. So I envy you. Uh, you ask, you shall receive. Here's another page from it. I don't know if we have more. Is there another page after this? I just got a couple of pages. Yep. Here's another yep. page from it. Yeah. And again, the coloring, like those two pan, those two pages are prime examples. The one no, that's underneath the water, it's in a blue palette, and it, it just reflects what was going on. And here they've got a little, they're trying to discuss what's going on, and that's the X, and then that's the, um, the doctor. And again, now here you've got more of your earth tones, and it's, it's drawn. It's, uh, the coloring's really decent. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Barbara, uh, Barbara uh, Nascenzo, again, not familiar with Barbara's work, but I, I thought she did a fantastic job with it. I think they complemented each other very well. All right, give it your score. Give it your rating. I am giving this a solid 8.5. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting book. I'm, I'm keeping it on my list to continue to read. Um, I want to see where they go with it. The, the first one was enough to draw me in and, and wanting a little bit more. So 8.5. I'll go 7.5. Uh, I like it. 
uh, I still, you know, it's if you like sci-fi, then you'll like it. Uh, Agent Cub, it is this right here. Deep, the Deep Beyond. Here, let me do my screen so you can see it. Nice by image. Deep Beyond. Dun, 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 dun. Just came out. It's by Emmett through Image. If you like sci-fi type stuff, uh, this takes place in the year 2085. So it's, you know, it's still based real world with sci-fi elements. Then uh, I think you'll like the book. The, the storytelling reminded me a little bit, if any of you guys watch The Expanse, it's a little bit different setting. This is on the ocean floor versus outer space. But the way that this, they're telling the story kind of has like an expanse feel, you know, from the TV show. But uh, just my two cents worth on that. Yep. All right. Next up, Radiant Black. Radiant Black, I was actually uh, more excited to read because it is a, a more of a superhero book. And that's that's what I gravitate towards. Of course, Dennis didn't get the cool cover. He got this one, which isn't bad. But, you know. I, I got which one. You know, I subscribe to them. So I get whichever one they put in there. I don't, I I don't choose. So this one's written by Kyle Higgins, drawn by Marcelo Costa with Becca Carey. Uh, I'm going to guess Becca might be the uh, – oh, this is another cover, Dave Finch. They got Mr. Dave Finch to do a cover. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a really cool cover. I wish I would have seen it. Wish I could have had that one. So do I, Dennis. So do I. I know. So this 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 book is about basically uh, a wannabe writer that moves back home from L.A. I'm blanking. Where did he move home to? Do you remember? Uh, well, yeah, he was in L.A. He, he it, it's you, you think it's more like small, medium town America. Yeah, I just um, don't know if they I'm sure they said I don't remember. Anyhow, he moves back home because his writing career is not taken off. Uh, a buddy of his in town, they decide to go to a bar, tie one on and just reminisce. And when they come out of the bar, they see this little miniature kind of black hole floating towards them and you can see on this page what happens he reaches for it because you know that's what i would do and uh you would actually the black hole kind of engulfs him let's see oops damn it oh this is the last screenshot we have of the book and then he turns into this guy so there you go so Nathan Burnett's oh. the main character, and Ohio. he's you know got Ohio. Okay, I don't remember. Ohio. Um, he he's an interesting character. He's failed. He doesn't want to admit that he's a failed writer, but you know it comes out. He's moving home. Parents say, "Come on, Holmes. You know, stay for a while. You know, basically get back on your feet." And then you find out, you know, it's even worse than what you think. You know, he hasn't been able to write anything. He's a failure. And what's interesting is his buddy's name's Marshall. And they've got like the like a relationship like Andy and I. They always have he he's Marshall's always ribbing him, always ribbing him for stuff. Wait, know? wait, who's that in this relationship? Oh, well, obviously the cowboy fan. <laughs> 
the right one. I get it. Yep. So he's, you know, and he's always picking at him and like, oh, dude, you know, do this, do this. And, you know, he's always ribbing and prodding the guy. And you're kind of like, wow, dude. I mean, you haven't seen him a while, but, it, you know, but you, they develop their relationship to the point where it's actually really cool. I mean, uh, you know how they do it. It's well written. It's very believable. Um, it doesn't feel contrite. And, and like I said, the, the dialogue's really good. Uh, let's see. Higgins, the writer, based it on his life. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought it was pretty good for introduction for uh, uh, a new superhero book. Superheroes are tough because, you know, uh, everybody does them. I've got my own, which I'll show you guys. Um, but I, I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, you don't really know much about the power set and stuff yeah. like that yet. It has a good cliffhanger which, you know, you got to have for an issue one. I mean, you got to always have, but especially issue one to get you back for issue two. Uh, I thought the art was good. Um, it has kind of an invincible feel, I thought, which isn't a bad thing. You know, invincible. No, invincible. Yeah. Yeah. Invincible doesn't come out anymore. So, you yeah. know, fill the space in that vacuum and image. And I think this kind of does that. Yeah. So for me, Nathan's because you know he gets this power suit. For me, it's got a it's kind of an amalgam of a couple of different. Um, if any of you guys are old enough and you ever watched Greatest American Hero, uh, William Cat and stuff, um, which we talked about a few weeks ago with one of our other guest stars, because um, they wound up doing the comic off the TV show, um, but. He winds up getting the suit alien suit, but he doesn't know how to work it because he loses the instruction manual. So he's got all these cool powers and he helps the FBI. Well, now Nathan gets this suit. He doesn't know how it works and he's got to figure it out. So again, it's kind of like Greatest American Hero, but it's also set like Starman circa, was it like 1988, 89? Where, yeah. you know, that version of Starman, he's able to change his face and everything like that. But he's got to learn how to use his powers. And there you go. That's him in the suit from the book. Unfortunately, when Dennis gets this book back, it won't be a 9.0 condition. But eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, it's the one good thing about Marvel. At least I have a digital copy I can read when you ruin my books. That's right. So what grade do you give it, Dennis? Uh, I enjoyed this one. I'm giving it an 8.0. Um, I, I thought the art was fun. The coloring was decent. And the storytelling was not only believable, um, I enjoyed the interrelationship between the two buddies who are getting reacquainted, basically, after a number of years. Um, I want to see where it goes. Um, I'm sure they're going to take us into some interesting thing. Maybe it will be like an Invincible. Um, so... I'm crossing my fingers. I, I want more. I want to see more. So an 8.0. I'm keeping nice. it I'm gonna on go my go list. I can agree with that, 8.0, because uh, I uh, I have a bias towards superhero stuff. And I thought it was pretty good. Nice introduction to the world, to the story. I think the costume design's cool. It's nice and slick and sleek. It's not all gunked up with stuff. So, yeah, I give it an 8.0. And uh, speaking of stuff like that, you know, 
Uh... First man, you know the drill. A college kid is imbued with great power and likes it. Penumbra has other plans and hand delivers him to Monarch. A fun 64-page action-packed comic book hearkening back to the glory days of Marvel Comics. Only on Indiegogo. And I give this a 10.0. Hey, he, he, look at that. 8.0. Almost the same condition your book will be when Andy gives it back. Most likely. Yeah, yeah I, I, you're probably right. I'm the roll comics up, put them in your back pocket guy. Especially when they're not yes. mine. So speaking of First Man, why have a captive audience? First Man is my campaign. It's on In Demand and Indiegogo. And it is a 64-page graphic novel. My guy, First Man, who I created way back when I was but a kid, is back for a brand new adventure. 64 pages, fun-filled action. I, uh, I wrote it. I pencil and inked it. The book is going to be going to the printer within the next couple weeks. Please give it a look. Please give it a back. I would appreciate it. I think you guys would love it. And I will post the link right here in the chat for you guys. Now, Andy, did you wind up, you hit one of your next stretch goals, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody that backs First Man is going to get a bookmark, a trading card, and a magnet for your refrigerator as well. And there's other goodies you can add on to on checkout. The bookmark, the trading card, and a magnet. So there you have it. Please give it a back. Now we're going to move on to other things in the news. We've all heard of that movie, Grease. Well, Dennis, I got to tell you, it's my wife's favorite movie, and I'm not even joking. Now, yeah. I personally can't stand the movie. Uh, oh, got a question about First Man? Do I? Have more? Yes, I do. Uh, as soon as this one gets shipped out and everything, I want to start working on Volume 2. So thank you for the question. Uh, I do want to start volume two. So let's get over to Greece. Misogynistic, sexist, and a bit rapey. Should Greece be banned? Dun, 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 dun. Let me tell you this. It's your wife's favorite. It's my wife's second favorite behind like Sound of Music. Wait, am I, I looking at something? Hold on, hold on. Am I looking at something in the future? This is dated 3 1 2021. Oh, that's really funny. Look, maybe you're a witch, maybe or a warlock. As anyhow, I go ahead earlier. <laughs> no, seriously, I have watched this movie a num so many times with my wife because she loves this movie. My niece and nephew have seen this movie. It is a movie from the 1970s. Storyline 1950s. Right. And we're trying to apply today's, the way people view things ridiculously today through the lenses of 2020 or 2021 on something from a period long past when family values and societal values are completely different. Well, there, and, and it, it's, it's got this huge movement now to 
ban it like permanently. They're not talking about you should stop watching it. They want to get rid of the movie altogether. Well, let's read a little bit. Social media users are calling to ban the iconic 1970s hit film Grease, condemning it for being sexist, homophobic, and I'm going to say it, slut-shaming. A Boxing Day view of the film on BBC One sparked outrage online with many Twitter users calling the film outdated. Well, here's the problem. Twitter users. Twitter, why do people gauge decision-making off of Twitter users? There's 7 billion people on this planet. How many Twitter users are there? And who cares? That is literally, literally the, the small, what is it? What's the saying? Not the small majority. The, you know what I'm going for. The silent majority. It's this, well, no, they're not silent because they're on Twitter getting all verbal about it. So they're oh, the silent you mean them? Oh, yes. They're, they're the, the verbal minority. They're the verbal minority. And why would you base decision making as a company on Twitter? Because it's they ridiculous. base everything on trends, hashtag trends. Just like yet the other day, it was hashtag free Crowder. Look, you know, because sorry, but, you know he got banned for a while. Sorry, but Greece sucks on so many levels. No plot, nothing interesting, and the message is pure misogyny. No, it's not. As much as, I mean, my wife loves the movie. I don't really care about it either way, but I've watched it. The film's a lighthearted romantic musical centering around a high school love affair between Sandy, played by Olivia Newton-John, and Which Danny, awesome. played by John Travolta. I mean, that is what it is. It's a, it's a love story between high school people who meet. And it's a musical. And I, I do not like musicals. I hate to say it. I'm not fond of musicals. But this is one that I watch and don't mind it. I love the music in it. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's utterly ridiculous in but my mind. The, the drive-in scene where Sandy and Danny watch a movie together was criticized for being rapey. One user said it didn't age well. What are you talking about? In the 50s, they went to drive-ins, and the whole point of a drive-in when you were in high school in the 50s was to, here's a dated term, make out. It wasn't to watch the movie. It was to make out. Right. That's not rapey. It's just, oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Put you got to post Agent Cubs response. It's really husbands <laughs> posing as social justice warriors wanting it banned because they're tired of watching it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably the only reason I would get on board with this is so it would be canceled. But it wouldn't matter because my wife owns the DVD. Uh, yeah. In the film, a radio announcer at a high school dance announces there were no same-sex couples on the dance floor. All couples must be boy-girl. Well, Greece shove your homophobia. It's not homophobic. That's how it was back then in the 50s, even in the 70s. Stop gauging things from almost 50 years ago through today's lens. It's like the Christmas song, um, Baby, It's Cold Outside. That's not a rapey song. That's how people back then flirted with each other. I'll be honest, when we were in elementary school, 
so Dennis and I are around the same age. We didn't grow up together or anything, but we're we're the same age. It's not even around. We're the same age. Yep. Um, you're older. What? What? By a month. Uh, when I was in elementary school, believe it or not, in elementary school, sixth grade. So my elementary school was, you know, first through sixth. In sixth grade, the way that you, the way in my elementary school, and this is even embarrassing, and I chuckle, but the way guys would would basically express their affection for a girl was to pat their ass. <laughs> in elementary school, where I grew up, you know, it's like, oh, she's cute. Give her a little little whack on the butt. Not hard, just a little Now pat imagine what would happen if you did that today as a kid. <laughs> That's what we did. And that's how the girls do. It's like, oh, he, he, you know, so-and-so likes me, patted my ass. <laughs> you know, seriously, we, the, the whole culture is just, just, it's just going off the rails, man. I mean, Greece is not only fine. Like I said, my little niece and nephew have watched it. They, nobody, nobody can take that out of Greece unless you're specifically looking for it. I would tell all the people that actually see that in there to get a life. I love this. I wish my girl Sandy would have recognized Danny Zuko was trash and she didn't need to change for anyone because she goes from being a good girl to a bad girl. <laughs> you know what? I would just say, why don't you just stop watching Grease? Yeah, and go, exactly. And, and, and go play with your with your potato, your new, gender neutral potato head. Don't jump ahead, Dennis. I can't. It's all tied together. It's 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 just one of those things where when I was growing up, Howard Stern. Howard Stern is on Sirius Radio now. It's been what 15, 20 years since he went from traditional radio to satellite. I don't even know. But I remember listening to Howard Stern growing up. And then there was another guy in my area. I grew up in Washington, D.C. area called the Grease Man. And, I, and he was kind of a Howard Stern type. After Stern left D.C., Grease Man came in. And, you know, same type of same type of character because Howard plays a character, raunchy, whatever. And it's the same thing. If you don't like it, there's a little button you can press or a knob you can turn to turn it off. If you don't like Greece, do what I do. Go in another room and watch something else. But I'm not calling, I don't call for anything to be banned because I have a choice. I can exactly make a choice. The other night, my wife was watching something when I walked in. I'm like, oh, hell no. So I turned on Attack on Titans. Much rather watch that than, than that stuff. But, but you know, today, if you don't watch what I want you to watch, then we're just going to cancel it so you can't watch it. Dennis is like, Jesus Christ, Susie, I'm sick of Footloose. Get that Kevin Bacon oh, shit Oh, God, you don't screen. know it. Flash dance and Footloose. Dirty dancing. Oh, Dirty dancing, yes. Baby in a corner. And then, oh, snap, I got to reload. Mr. Potato Head drops the Mr. Sort of. So this dropped, it's not really that huge. So basically when you go, you know, if you, if you go to a store now, it'll say Mr. Potato Head on the box. So now I guess the box is just going to say Potato Head, 
But at the bottom of the box in smaller text, it's still going to say Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. But they're just dropping the Mr. in front of it. Once again, it's just, it's, it wasn't an issue. It really wasn't. Nobody was complaining about it. It's just Hasbro getting their virtue signal on. It's like, it's like there's the bat signal. And at some point, somebody throws the virtue signal up into the sky and companies see it and they go scurrying to it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, we can do this. We can do this. And and it's just headlines. That's all it is. It's like maybe Mr. Potato Hood's sales were down. And they're like, how can we boost our sales with free advertising? I got it. Hey, I own two Mr. Potato Heads. One of them is Captain Kirk, and one of them is the Klingon Commander. And this is both of them are as Mister as you can get. This is just a confusing picture because this looks like two Mister Potato Heads and a baby. (laughs) So they're not even showing Mrs. Potato Head in this picture. (laughs) Two do two men and a a baby. Throw the third potato head in there with the mustache, and it's three. Well, at least the baby looks like small. It's like a little sweet potato. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if anything, how about actually giving Mister Potato Head a little hole down here? You can pop his junk on, and you could take. And for the female, you could just take the lips and slide them sideways and pop those on down below. I don't know how they're going to do it, but again. <laughs> If something's not broke, don't fix it. Don't need to change it. I always like the fact that potato heads, like I said, I got Star Trek ones. You can get cool potato heads that have different things. We didn't have to go down the road of removing the Mr. or Mrs. from it because you could buy either of them. When I love this line, kids like to see themselves in the toys they're playing with. Kids aren't seeing themselves in a freaking potato. That shit line might fly when you're buying dolls, Barbies and Kens and action figures and stuff because they're human. Like Stretch Armstrongs? Exactly. Kids aren't seeing themselves in Mr. Potato Head. Tiny Stretch Armstrong. He's my pocket Stretch Armstrong. Right there, baby. You can actually get the full size one again. I believe I they brought it back. But I cheaped out and got the baby one. So for next to my desk. Oh, so well, I got my headline. potato heads. I'm good. I don't need to buy any new ones. Nope. That's it for today's headlines. We did the WandaVision. We did a couple comic reviews. Grease, Mr. Potato Head, talked about COVID stuff. That's a jam-packed show. We did. And we didn't even get to Invincible. Oh, damn. We will talk about Invincible next week um, because it's fun. So, yes, we will talk about Invincible and The Simpsons next week. Those are the only clues. See if you can piece together what we'll be talking about when it comes to Invincible and The Simpsons. One more comment, then we're blown out of here. Agent Cub says they no longer want to promote family values and they want to see it destroyed. Yep. It's ridiculous. I don't get it. When did family become a bad word? I have no idea. Nuclear families are literally a swear word today. Yep. So anyhow, 
Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. We always enjoy bringing it to you. Please like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on the YouTube channel. I always do the wrong way. It's down there. And uh, we'll see you guys on Monday yep. when we bring in special guest comic book uh, creator Keith Champagne to talk about his career, DC Comics, and beyond. So until then, everybody have a nice weekend, and we will catch you guys on Monday at 8 p.m. Bye-bye. Later, everybody.